I'm an American. Welcome. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our homes and our communities. We're so happy to have you join us today. I'm Delaine England, your host of the Liberty Moms Show today. We have a great lineup today. First of all, we have fairly new, newly elected chair of the Utah Republican Party, Carson Jorgensen, Liberty Dad, I might say. And welcome, Carson. We're so happy to have you with us today. Ah, thank you so much for having me on. I sure appreciate it. Carson got elected and he's jumped in with both feet. He has been truly standing for the principles of the Republican Party. As a member of the State Central Committee myself, I have been so pleased and so delighted because I love having a chair who isn't just about let's get Republicans, quote unquote, someone who will run on the Republican ticket elected, but he is about our platform, about bringing people in, educating people on our platform and really standing for a platform. So I, I just can't tell you, it's been really, really fun to work with Carson. We've had our state central committee meeting and it was just so the energy was fabulous. So pleasant. So wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carson. So what made you decide that you wanted to do something totally insane and crazy, like run for the Republican Party chair of Utah? Oh, you know, my insanity never ceases. It doesn't seem like I just keep at it. But but really, um, my family, my background, my history, my family comes from Utah. We've been here for a long time, nigh on to 200 years at this point. And 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 I just love the state. I love everything about it. I love our history, our agricultural background, all of the above. And my family's still in agriculture today. We still work the farm, work the ranch. That's what we've been doing all day today. And and that means a lot to me. And a few years back, I started to realize that that agriculture even was becoming very politicized and that well, if we don't right. get involved, uh, it, it is. And if we don't get that involved, it's not going to be here for the future. And I want this legacy to continue on for my family and my brother's families. You know, I, I want to make sure that that history is there in the future. So that's when I really got involved. Um, I ran for Congress last year and didn't quite get in and we were unsuccessful there. But then some folks reached out to me this year and said, you know what, we would really like you to step up and run for the leadership in the party. And at that point, I said, you know, why not? Let's see what, what kind of change we can make. And we, we kind of turned a few heads and, and shook things up a little bit during the election and here we are so i'm very glad to be here and i've enjoyed it very much that is so exciting i'm I'm really pleased that you're enjoying it because i'm really thrilled that you're there so and you are just doing such a fantastic job it really is wonderful i love having somebody as a person who loves liberty and who feels that i can see our liberties just being taken from us and i can see so many people just allowing it to happen so I love to have someone in your position who is willing to, to take the shots and to stand up 
and take the hits. And so it, it makes such a difference. And, you know, we need a leader. People need a leader. People are really, um, they're hesitant to stand up. They're hesitant to be the first one. But when they have a leader, they're very, very anxious and willing to follow along. So that the old saying goes, cur- courage is contagious. And, and like I say, I'm not touting my own credentials here, but, but that is something that I firmly believe in. And when I was campaigning at the convention, um, my big banner and all of my cards had a, a quote from Robert Frost on them that I've always thought was very important. And it says freedom lies in being bold. And I just, I live by that. And, and I want others to see that. And I found a safe Harbor really amongst the platform of the Republican party. And people say, you know, how, how do you know that you're not getting off in the weeds? How do you know that you're not just representing yourself or what you think or what you believe? And, and, and I've just said, you know, I, I have found that safety in the platform of the Republican Party. You know, those those three pages of that document really guides the party. It tells us what the party is, what we believe, what we stand for, the reason for the party existing. And, and we play within that framework. And so I try to balance everything off of that party platform and stand for everything that's on there. And isn't it phenomenal? I love the Republican platform. People often say, oh, how, you know, there's corruption in the Republican Party, and there absolutely is. But the reason that I stay in the party is to fix the party. And I always say, people always say, we need to expand our party. I say, our party is as big, the tent is as big as our platform. The tent is defined. The definition of our tent is our platform that defines the edges and exactly what our party is. And I do think our platform is exquisite. It is beautiful. I love every single word of it. There is nothing, whether it's the county or the state or the national platform, I'm amazed at how much I love the national platform. It's just incredible. It's very long, super long. And going off of that, yeah. And going off of that, uh, I've had many people, you know, come to me and say, you know what, we need to make the party more inclusive. We need to take the party yeah. to everybody. And, and I agree. We need to make the party inclusive. But the one thing that we can't do is move the party. It has always been my firm belief. And the platform states this and, and shows this that the party has to remain the central point. The party has to have that firm foundation and the party can't move to individuals. The party has to be right. what it is and the people have to come to the party. We will make this tent as big as we need to make it, and we'll make room for everybody. But at the end of the day, those platform and that platform is what defines us, and that has to be the rock in which we build the party on. Because without that solid foundation, we can't go anywhere. It is our identity. It really is our identity of who we are. That's how we know if we're Republicans or not, if we align with with that platform. So it's amazing. So um, at our last state central committee meeting, we voted on a resolution and it passed overwhelmingly with only uh, six to nine dissenting votes on it. So it was, you know, really virtually unanimous, almost completely and uh, overwhelming. And so do you want to tell everybody about the about this resolution yeah, so the the resolution that was voted on the central, state central committee meeting um, was specifically calling out critical race theory in Utah public schools, and, 
and it was it, it's a really hot topic right now and and that really laid out that resolution really laid out you know what we're talking about when we talk about critical race theory you know what are we trying to prevent our children from learning in schools what do we need to make sure that doesn't happen and and called upon the legislature and the governor's office to to handle that you know to to pass something to prevent this from happening and and, and like you said it, it passed overwhelming like you said i believe there was nine dissenting votes out of the body of 151 voting members at the point in time when when that passed and uh about a week ago we we sent out that resolution to our email list we sent it out to all the elected officials and to make sure that they knew exactly what what that resolution was and what we as republicans were, were calling for and and i was very pleased at that meeting to see what they had done in defining critical race theory and and what we can deal with it going forward excellent yeah, I thought it was a, it was written by Brandon Beckham, and I thought he did an excellent job. I thought he wrote it well. And just to give people a little bit of a definition, because we, you're right, it is a hot topic. Everybody's talking about it. It's all over the news. In talking to my own local school board member, and I talked to quite a few school board members about it, and they are very concerned, not about critical race theory being taught in our schools, but about stopping critical race theory from being taught in our schools because they're saying, oh, well, we don't want to, um, we don't want to stop free speech, which I don't either. And they're saying, we don't want to, we don't want censorship, which I couldn't agree more. I don't want censorship. And I also don't want to teach things that are not true and things that are, are very um, deceptive to our children. I, as a teacher myself, I feel like we have a moral obligation to teach the truth in school. Of course, we can teach, let people have their opinions and their perspectives, which is what America is. But one of the tenets of critical race theory is that racism is not an individual decision. It is a systemic, it's written into our laws, our institutions, our capitalism. It's the norm for white people and it is a systemic problem. And you can't if you're white, you are by virtue, by your nature, by your birth, you are racist. Now, of course, that, that can't possibly be true. If you think about it, if you look inside yourself, do you, were you born? You just naturally born racist? I mean, there, I, want, I don't want to pretend like there's not racist people in the country, but right. they were taught that. If you look at children, children don't even notice. They are just love each other and have fun and they just want to be friends and and kids don't have judgments about people. They, they have to be taught that and they have to be created by their own life experience. But um, so that very first tenet, I think we could, I just think it doesn't take that much to know that um, that is not, that's a fallacy. It's not true. No, I, I... Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know this is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure. It tastes so good. I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code... 
USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. Awesome and amazing day, friends. It's John and Chelsea Jubilee with Energize Health. You've been hearing our messages for a while. You've heard Wayne Allen Root and his extraordinary testimony of what's been going on. And women, if you have a husband that is struggling or needs a loving nudge, I encourage you to nudge him off the couch and go check out our masterclass on our website, including the amazing testimonials. And these testimonials are just real people. They're not famous or high-level production. This is real people, people talking on their iPhone, people sitting across from their spouse. They share their real story for the past 23 years tens of thousands of people reversing arthritis diabetes high blood pressure neck pain back pain migraine headaches brain fog lots of challenging things be a beautiful beloved skeptic and come check us out at energizedhealth.com that's energizedhealth.com As a follower of Christ, you are created and called for greatness, now more than ever before. In his powerful sequel to the bestseller, Kingdom Man, Tony Evans' Kingdom Men Rising calls men to break free of apathetic faith, to take a stand, do more than just exist. You have been called to rise up and influence those around you. Discover how when you get Kingdom Men Rising and learn the art of intentional impact. New from Tony Evans, sponsored by The Urban Alternative. With a Democratic sweep officially in place, we are now at the mercy of tax and spend economics. Get ready for runaway national debt pushing the further devaluation of the dollar. So if you haven't invested in gold, now is the time to protect your savings. Birch Gold Group is the premier precious metals IRA company in America. With an A-plus BBB rating and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold can help you move an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by gold. Go to birchgold.com slash radio for your free information kit. That's birchgold.com slash radio. Okay, great. Welcome back. This is the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Delaney England, your host today, and we have Carson Jorgensen, Liberty Dad, amazing Liberty Dad with us. We're talking about critical race theory. We're talking a little bit about the resolution that was passed in the State Central Committee, and we were just talking about some of the tenants. So we were just kind of finished up on the first one. The second one is behaviors and beliefs are how groups identify themselves. Members of the minority groups must never assimilate to the standards. Like, why would we want that? Why would that be a good thing? What do you, you know, mean, Carson? Uh, going back to kind of, uh, to me, I have to step back a little bit. You know, to me, there is nothing more racist than saying, to, that telling any child, regardless of their color of their skin, regardless of, the, of their creed, of their religion, telling them that they are less than somebody else and that they'll never get ahead in life because of the color of their skin. There is nothing more racist than that sentiment. And, and, and the critical race theory really pushes that. And, and folks say, you know what, it's not being taught 
in Utah. It's not being taught in our schools. Critical race theory under the banner of critical race theory. Yeah, it, it might not be being taught in our school. But when you look at the facets of critical race theory, whiteness studies, um, anti-racism training, equality and diversity and inclusion, these are the things that are being taught in our schools. You're seeing in schools things such as equality walks where, where students will line up. The teachers will line students up on the field and they'll say, you know what, if you're white, take two steps forward. And if you're a white boy, take two more steps forward. But if you're black, take two steps back. And if you're a black woman, take two more steps back. And, and then they'll make these kids race and they'll make it so the black people, you know, the colored kids in the class, they can never win. And, and these minority groups, it, it's just sad and it's terrible. How and, and I see what we're getting and I see where some of this rhetoric is coming from, because this is actively being taught to these children. And, and it's just sad. And, and to me, there is nothing more racist and more divisive amongst our children than teaching them those sentiments at a young age. And, and what better way to give them that victimhood mentality than sitting and telling them that over and over and over again. And that's not what we want to create. The United States, our country was founded on liberty. It was founded on freedom. It was founded upon the American dream. And my family comes from that. They, they started in humble beginnings. My grandpa tells the story of climbing the ladder to his one bedroom home and having snow on his blankets when he woke up in the morning. And, and the legacy and the lifelong things that he built throughout his life that will continue on for generations is absolutely astonishing. And it is all part of the American dream. And I want everybody to have that. And I want everybody to know that they're welcome. And no matter where you're at in life, we're going to help you. You know what? We'll give you the boost. You're the same as everybody. We believe, I want to believe, and I want everybody else to believe in the same sentiment that Dr. King stated, that he wants his children to be judged on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And it's it, it says it in our party platform. That we believe in the founding documents of this country, that, that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are vital parts of it. Well, in those documents, it says that all men are created equal, and that is truly what we believe, and that is truly what we're going to continue to fight for. That is exactly right, and it's founded on natural law. Thomas Jefferson put it right in there, right towards the beginning, that our entire foundation of our country is natural law. Natural law is God's law. It's that there is right and there is wrong, that we are guided by uh, by a conscience and an, an inner knowledge of right and wrong. And we know, we know that from our, from that, from natural law, that every naturally, every person is created equal in the sight of God, in the sight of the creator. So Absolutely. It, it's, it's against our, our American foundation. It's against our moral compass to be racist. I'm not saying people don't choose to be, but it is against the system. It's against who we really are as Americans to be racist. Absolutely. And I, I can't help but think of Madam C.J. Walker. She was um, in the early 1800s. She was actually born into slavery, but she was very young. And her two brothers were able to buy their way out of slavery. They were both barbers. And because they were barbers, she had an interest in how in shampooing hair of the women and, and being black, she found that, you know, the, the shampoo for the white women did not work for black people because their hair is very different. And so she, with their help, with the help of her brothers, created hair products for black people. And so she would go around door to door and sell this to people door to door and became extremely successful. So successful that she started like she was the she was the 
the pattern or the precursor to Mary Kay. She, Mary Kay copied her. She would hold meetings every month and she would invite women to come and she would teach them how to go out and sell their products. And she would tell them, you pull yourselves up. You do not, you are equal to everyone else. You have value and do not let anyone tell you you cannot succeed and you can't do it. And she just gave them this wonderful pep talk and told them, go out there and be successful. She became what is considered the first black millionaire in America. And, um, and she did it by working hard, by ingenuity, because she lived in a country where even though the roots of her parents were evil and wrong, she was able to be free and live free. And she was able to have her inventions and her creativity protected and was able to not have a ceiling on how far she could go. And not only that, what I love so much about her too, is that she didn't stop there. She wanted to teach other people. She reached other women and taught them how to be successful and to be successful and to think in a successful manner. And she was a philanthropist. She started many different nonprofits and helped other people get on their feet. And so I think she is such a perfect example of the American dream and how, what, what a great contribution that just that one black person, that black woman made to all of America, and in my opinion, to all the world, because she, she was such a great light. And really, that that is the basis of everything that is American. That is everything right there that is good about America. And, and that is what we want to continue to strive for. And, and you point out racism to me. You show me a specific situation or an instance or a group of people that is actively being racist. We'll stand toe to toe with you and we will fight with you. We will continue to stand up for these things because it's, it's not okay. Racism is an awful and horrible thing. And, and there's nothing worse than racism. And it doesn't matter which direction it's coming from. And you don't solve racism with more racism. And that is exactly what CRT does. That is exactly right. And, and you can't, solve the problem by creating more of the problem. And that yep. seems to me to be ever so self-evident. It doesn't seem that tricky to, to try to figure that out. So we, I think that we are very united as a country, as a people, and definitely as a state, and absolutely in the Republican Party, we do not want to perpetuate racism and we want to stand against it. And I think as a party, we do that very, very well. So um, just to mention the third tenant of the, of the um, CRT is white people have unearned privilege at birth and the other Americans are denied. And I think that um, that is so far from being true. And I think there are so many examples. I think if that were true, you, you would have to look at um, Judge Thomas. You'd have to look at President Obama and Michelle how successful they have been, their attorneys before they even got to the White House. And, and I think the fact that they were twice elected, that it does say that we are, as a country, we are very open and very loving and that we are not racist as a nation. And it clearly is not in our system. Oh, absolutely. And and I think as we continue to, to show these examples and to say, you know what, like, it gets me really bent out of shape when they say, you know, white people have a better birth. We all are privileged. We all are privileged to live in the United States of America. That is our privilege. It is such a privilege. It is an honor. It is a blessing. And it is the reason why so many people come from every country in the world to immigrate into America, because it's so great. 
We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to finish our conversation. We're so glad you're joining us. This is the Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I'm your host, Elaine England. We're here with Liberty Dad, Carson Jorgensen, the chair of the Utah Republican Party. We're so happy to have you join us, Carson. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate this your great service and all that you're doing. So we're just to bring in one, one other, there's two more tenets of the, um, of the critical race theory. And one is merit. The merit system is a myth. And that just is just, it's unbelievable that what anybody would say, the merit system is a myth in the United States of America, in a country where really it is all about merit we work yeah. for, we earn, and we know the sky is the limit. You can accomplish anything that you want to. You can, you know, that's another one. I mean, that's another one I have a hard time with and a hard time choking down coming from the farming ranching background because everything in farming, ranching, and agriculture is on the merit system. If you don't plant something in the spring, you won't harvest it in the fall. And if you don't take care of your animals, you'll have nothing. You'll go grow. So for for that, the, the merit system and capitalism go hand in hand. The only proven system to raise the middle class and to raise people out of the out of poverty is capitalism and it has been proven time and time again that it is the only system the only way to get people out of poverty and to help make their life better it gives everyone such great opportunities and let's be honest that does not include crony capitalism that is true capitalism where there is an honest and equal exchange of value and everyone can participate that in america and that is such a great blessing and it really does um, change everything. It gives everyone the opportunity. And it isn't to say that some people do work harder than other people and don't make as much. There's no doubt about it. But you have the opportunity, I think, through hard work and through education. I think education is really important part of, of our system and, and a part of opportunity. We, ha- we sometimes have to get educated. And but there's always that opportunity to better ourselves and to move up the ladder. And so I I love that. I love that merit is really what it's about. And we can work for things and we can be successful. No, absolutely. And that's really a big problem that I have with critical race theory. When you look at the language of critical race theory specifically, it calls for equity and equity requires taking something from somewhere else and to make things equal. And nowhere in the Constitution does it guarantee equity. Nowhere in our founding documents do they guarantee equity. They talk about equality. Equity is the the same outcome, that everybody should have the same outcome and everybody should be on the equal playing field at the end of the race. 
equality is guaranteeing that everybody has the same starting point, that everybody gets the same opportunity that they have in their place. Yeah, they may have to move. It might be difficult, but they have the same opportunity as everybody else. Well, and that, you know, equity is another word for socialism. Equity, And, you know, the truth is whenever you try to have an equal outcome, it never really works. Even is as there couldn't be anything more ineffective than trying to have an equal outcome. You just can't do it because people are different and people what people want is different. And you can give you can give someone you see this happen with people who win the lottery. You can give them all this money, but if they haven't earned it and they haven't educated themselves on how to be proper stewards over it, they end up being almost all of them end up being very, very poor after um eight to 10 years because well, how many years ago did we start the war on poverty? I mean, how many years ago now? I think it's proven. I mean, it's, it's the old saying as it goes, you know, give a man a fish, it'll feed him for a day and teach man to fish and it'll feed him for his life. It's, it's really the same thing. How many billions and trillions of dollars have been dumped into the war on poverty to try and lift communities out of poverty or, or different groups out of poverty. And it never works because like you said, they, we don't learn the skill sets. We don't have the wherewithal to continue. Some people work harder than others others, which is why equity sometimes. And there are people that I see out there that work 10 times harder than what I do. And they still, they, they don't get what I do. And so trust me, I see it. There are construction workers and trash collectors and, and many trades. I have the utmost respect for trades jobs. I went to college and, and got a degree in, in a trade skill and, and I have the utmost respect for them, but they, they work harder than anybody. And sometimes, no, they don't get what other people do, but that's not what's guaranteed here. That's exactly right. And, and there, there there's something besides just money and having the pursuit of happiness or having happiness. It's not always, can't always measure it in financial gains as well. There is uh, a standard living or just the, just being happy, just having a, a nice lifestyle and having what you want. So, um, okay. So on independence day, I hope everyone had a wonderful independence day. And if you don't know, independence day is on July 4th, but, um, if on independence day, we in Utah had the, the chair or president of the black lives matter came out and made a statement. And I found it very alarming. And I just wanted to talk to you about that Carson, because I was so impressed with you and your committee or your leadership. I was very impressed that you came out and made a statement regarding that. So let's talk about the statement that she made regarding because she was triggered when she saw the American flag on Independence Day. Yeah, it uh, I mean, her statement was a broad sweeping generality that said that everyone they that she sees everybody and that everybody carrying the american flag is racist that she sees them and that that black people and those of color don't feel safe around anybody carrying the american flag and that at its root the american flag is racist that it's committed genocide that all of these things have happened and it's simply an untrue blanket statement that is complete fallacy 
don't get me wrong. Our, our history of our country is not perfect. And, and there are a lot of things, if we could go back, I'm sure we would change them, but that's what we do. And it's no different than, than we as humans, you know what? We make mistakes. We learn from those mistakes. We get back up and we do better. And we're going to make a mistake again. We're going to fall down and we're going to get back up. And that once again is part of the American dream. Like we are able to make these mistakes and we're changing them. And that is what's different that of about our country than anywhere else is that we actively seek to make things better and we don't just say you know what status quo sorry sucks this is communism too bad it's you know what let's do better we're always looking for new ways to improve and that's what we should be doing but to come out and say that the entire history of our country is based on racism. Therefore we throw everything out. No system's good. Everything that comes from it is terrible. We have to tear it down and start over. It is absolutely asinine. Well said. She said that the flag is a symbol of hate. I just found that just, I mean, it's just stunning that she would say the flag is a symbol of hate and, and that, People, she's afraid of people that are flying the flag, um, that we are unintelligent and that we, um, yeah, we don't care about other people. I just, it, it was just so surprising. Um, and she, she's been called out on it and she just said, I stand by my comments. So she's not, you know, I can see her maybe being caught up in the moment, but it is kind of hard to understand. Yeah, and I so just what, got off the phone with the Republican um, Latinos leader here in the state, and he just said, "You know what? This is wrong." He says to to us Latinos and those around the world, like we look to the we look to the American flag as a symbol of hope and a symbol of freedom, and everybody knows what that means, and that that is the America that we believe in, and that is once again what we will continue to fight for. That is exactly right, because it is it is that symbol. And it isn't even just in America. That symbol, the American flag, is a symbol for freedom and liberty all across the world. And people carry oh, it. So, so what made you decide that you would come out and make a statement, Carson? Once again, when you look at the party platform, the preamble that the platform calls for a love of country and a love of our founding documents. And, and me, myself, I am extremely patriotic i love this country i love our flag i love our military service and, and to me that is disrespectful to all of the above to those who have given everything and i and i've told people and this is a little bit controversial but a, as a symbol of hate i don't believe it for a second because when, when the soldiers liberated dachau and auschwitz during the second world war you can't tell me that that flag on their jacket was a symbol of hate and oppression those those men were angels and that symbol meant more to those those people than anything ever could. Oh, that was so well said, Carson. What a great point. That is fantastic. Okay, we're going to take another break and we're going to come back to finish up. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
pounds and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Dixie and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I had seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Awesome and amazing day. Hey there, friends. It's John and Chelsea Jubilee. And today we have a message for you women out there. Are you premenopausal, postmenopausal, or maybe you're in the middle of menopause right now? Ouch. Listen, we have thousands of clients that have reported reversing all of their symptoms of menopause. Or maybe you have thyroid imbalances. Same thing for those women. Listen, this is your time. Absolutely. You can reverse all of those symptoms and you can be your real joyful, exuberant, and lean self again. Ladies, I don't care if six doctors told you you can't lose that fat after menopause or in menopause. You can. We have done it hundreds and hundreds of times, even in a medical setting, documented. So make your action call today. Log on to EnergizeHealth.com, EnergizeHealth.com, or call 888-444-8895. That's 888-444-8895. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Welcome back. This is the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. And we have a special guest with us, Carson Jorgensen. We're so happy to have you with us, Carson. Carson is the newly elected chair of the Utah Republican Party. And uh, as I've said, Carson is doing just a fantastic job. Uh, We're all very, very, very pleased with him. I can speak for the State Central Committee that I'm on with Carson, and we really enjoyed working with him. He's just done a phenomenal job and done an excellent job of speaking for the party articulately and just ever so well, and really expressing the how we feel as members and leaders of the party. So thank you, oh, Carson. You're too kind. You're too kind. Not at all. So I just wanted to, we're kind of going to wrap up the critical race theory 
um, discussion, I did want to mention, I think it's important to, to be aware that the, the NEA, the National Education Association, it's a union, um, they approved a measure to, um, to research that uh, an, an organization that were doing anti-racist work and they have very much supported critical race theory. So they have come out in total support of teaching critical race theory to our children. And, and that is, I find that just really interesting, especially because if they were really anti-racist, they wouldn't be supporting critical race theory. And I also find it interesting that they also very much supported our children at school in being masked all day long, which is just a real hot button for me. If you've listened to me at all, you know, I am very against children wearing a mask from the very beginning. I felt like as a teacher, I've never, ever seen our, our country in any situation where we said it's the children's responsibility to protect and take care of the adults. That is so upside down to me. It's so contrary to a moral compass. Why would our children be responsible for taking care of adults? If I'm concerned about being around my students, then I need to do something about it. That would be my responsibility, not my students' responsibility. And, and I just think that says so much. The NEA insisted, if you want to go back to school, you have to mask the children. I can't help but notice and, and tie a correlation between that is what happened in Nazi Germany. I can't help but notice that Chairman Mao, he was really big on um, teaching the children telling, teach them against, turning them against their parents and against property owners. And I really see that happening in our, our, in our society right now, where they went in and they taught the children to not like and to distrust and that their parents were not educated and they weren't wise and that they needed to trust the government rather than trust their parents. And I see that so much with the NEA. They are, they really have that same kind of agenda and how, how they really got into our schools. It's really pretty amazing how they got into our schools and started teaching our children, kind of took over and started teaching our children. Um, this critical race theory actually happened. Um, it actually started in the 1960s and 70s where they started teaching this kind of philosophy and, and going um, against our parents and going against the, the free enterprise system and going pro. There, it was originally in Germany, in, in Nazi Germany. It was, dis, it was dis, decided on then. It was created. And it was actually called critical theory. And after Hitler's reign, they founded it. It was definitely founded in Marxism. And they fled to Geneva, and then they fled from there to New York. Then they went to Columbia University. And that's where they kind of established it. And it was established in the uh, Columbia University there. And then it, they kind of went out. They were educating and graduating these students. And so they went and became professors and went to colleges. They got into politics. And so it kind of just started to infiltrate very slowly into our into our education system. And, and you can see it. I mean, as a teacher, I've seen it the whole time be, from at, longer than I've been a teacher, but the whole time I was even a student and, the, and as a parent, I could see 
these kinds of belief systems in this kind of direction and going into um, into our schools. And so the National Education National Education Association voted to spread the critical race theory. They recently voted to to spread that into all of our schools and they found it they voted and said it was reasonable and appropriate to for students and so when you think about the founding of our nation and what we were founded on is very much self-government we we decided the founding fathers they decided they didn't want to be controlled by another force they didn't want to have um, the king george the third or anyone else for that matter running control our lives. They wanted to govern ourselves. And they understood that in order to do that, they would need to do it based on natural law, the laws of nature and nature's God. So they understood how important that was and what a foundation that was necessary for that. And so when we think about what natural law is, um, it's just a very important part because it's the system basically a system of right and justice, which is considered common to all people. And that system of righteousness and justice is derived from a higher power, from nature, a higher power, the creator. Um, It isn't something that is derived from the rules of society. It's not what is termed positive law or the laws of of man, but it is to have that internal nature in us where we know there is a right and a wrong, there is a truth and a falsehood. So it's a basis, and I would call it a basis of morality. Uh, That's what the founders called it, that we had a basis of morality. And so we always want to educate our students with that natural law, that basis of right and wrong, and with a moral code. We can't govern ourselves if we don't have a moral code. It's right in the the Bible that St. Paul wrote that natural law is God's moral law, and it's written into the heart of every individual. And so I just think it's really important to, whenever we're discussing politics or look at anything, what is constitutional, what is the proper role of government, we have to look at the derivative of natural law, where we have a conscience, we have a moral compass, it's imprinted into who we are. And that natural law is basically nothing different than God's law. And it's the foundation of our rights. It's the foundation of our country. It's the foundation of our system. And I just think that when I look at critical race theory, I see it kind of challenging all of those factors. It's challenging natural law in every way there is to challenge it. And I think we would just go back to to what our founding documents say that, you know, we are all endowed with unalienable rights. Those are rights that nobody can take away. And that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are our God-given rights. Those are, those are what are, what are ours. And that was why they founded this great country was so that we could practice those things. We, We can, we can continue on and continue after these things because they're not something that somebody can take away from us. They are ours and nobody can take them. No, and we shouldn't allow anyone to. Okay, so we've got two events coming up. One, I want to make sure everyone's aware and everyone is invited. We are having former Senator, former Utah Senator Al Jackson will be coming. He lives in Washington, D.C. now. He will be coming to Utah and we've got him speaking on July 20th. That is Tuesday, July 20th at 7 p.m. at Liberty Hills Academy. 
So we, everyone's invited. It's a free event. And he is going to be speaking on critical race theory. And I don't think anybody can speak better on critical race theory than Senator Al Jackson, being a black man who's been a senator. He's been involved in politics. He still is. He lives in D.C. He understands this. He understands it well. He's researched it. He, he really is such a great, powerful voice. And so I'd invite everyone to attend. I think for anyone over 12 or 14, I think they find it really interesting. So feel free as again, as I say, it's completely free. Liberty Hills Academy is in Bountiful, 95 North Main in Bountiful. You're all welcome. That is July 20th, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. And the other event we have coming up is in September, September 16th, 17th and 18th. We have Freedom's Light Festival. That's an opportunity to, with through experiences and fun activities, firsthand get to meet the founding fathers and founding mothers of this country and learn about the principles of the Constitution that was founded on. And it's very fun and very interactive. Again, it's free. Everyone's invited. It's uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the September 16th, 17th, and 18th. So write that down in your daytimer plan to attend. That's at Bountiful Park, 400 North, 200 West. Thank you. And remember, you are the guardians of your liberty. Thank you.